Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. Don't worry, be happy. Um, my message is not quite, don't worry, be happy. It said, don't worry, but God is in control. Okay? I guess in this world, when you worry, there is no reason um, other than just to say, be happy. There is no reason to be happy, but it's just to be happy. Um, as Pastor Dave mentioned, this is my first time preaching. Um, I just want to thank God for this opportunity to share this message with you. Um, I'm both excited and honored, but at the same time, I'm very nervous. Is my voice quivering? Okay. Uh, I also want to thank Pastor Matt for his encouragement and advice. Um, He was really helpful. I don't know if Pastor Frank is here, but um, I also want to Pastor Frank uh, for showing me sermons.com, a website <laughs> where I can go and you know copy sermons. <laughs> Thank you for that. It was very um, helpful. Um, and I also want to thank Pastor Dave for proofreading my sermon, even though the comments he wrote was longer than my own sermon. Uh, last but not least, I want to thank all the friends who encouraged me to use a lot of jokes in my sermon and be funny. Um, but those of you who know me, I'm serious. I'm not funny. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, as I mentioned, I'm a rookie when it comes to preaching, especially in large audience as this. I think I can relate to Moses when God called him back to Egypt to save his people. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 13, Moses says to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave, his, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, O Lord, please send someone else to do it. As you can see, he didn't send anybody, so I'm going to be speaking today. Um, That was kind of a joke. My timing is kind of off, so please bear with me. Young Christian men went to Urbana Missions Conference and was convicted by Holy Spirit to become a missionary. His first assignment was to go to a small village in Africa to share gospel with villagers. After landing in a small airport, he began to walk, looking for a village. On the way to the village, he met a hungry lion. The missionary was scared and began to pray. He got down on his knees and began to pray, God, let the lion be a Christian lion. God, let it be a Christian lion. Thinking if it was a Christian lion, 
They won't eat him. But Lion continued to walk towards the missionary. The missionary prayed more fervently, God, let it be a Christian lion. God, let it be a Christian lion. But Lion kept on coming. And finally, Lion stopped in front of the missionary and said, God, thank you for this food you have provided. <laughs> and the moral of this story is, there is a moral to the story, is don't worry, God is in control, right? Even in worst cases. Um, you know what, as I was preparing, um, I have to be honest with you, I was worried. Um, I think worrying has become a big part of our lives. Just like breathing or eating, we worry. We worry a lot. We all know the Bible tells us not to worry, but is that possible? Can we ever live without worrying? Let's first define what worry means. Webster's Dictionary defines it as mental distress or agitation resulting from concern, usually for something impending or anticipated. The ESV version uses the word anxious rather than worry. And the definition of anxious is extreme uneasiness of mind or brooding fear about some contingency. But personally, I think worry means being fearful of something that you have no control over. Um, six months after my wife, Shin, and I got married, Shin was pregnant with a baby. I still remember the conversation that we had at the dinner table when Shin, to- when Shin told me that she was pregnant. She was so excited, and she was waiting for that right moment to tell me. And guess what? I blew it. I was a little caught off guard, and my response was, okay, that sounds good. (laughs) As you can imagine, my wife wasn't too happy with my answer. And about a week later, she went to see her doctor for checkup and found out that they couldn't hear baby's heartbeat. We lost a baby. Uh, We were devastated, especially my wife. It was going to be our first child, and now there was so much uncertainty. I think more so with my wife, since it was her who had the baby in her womb. It was a difficult time for us, and we relied on God to help us through. But at the same time, we had no peace in our hearts. And finally, three months later, she was pregnant again. This time, I was ready. So when she told me the news, I was overjoyed and excited. Then reality set in. I began to worry again. As much as I was excited, I was worried that something bad will happen to the baby. I cried out to the Lord, but again, there was no peace. I continued to worry all throughout her pregnancy. Then things got more complicated. When we found out that she had a condition known as placenta previa, which is a very serious condition that could threaten the life of mother and the baby, 
As I look back, I prayed a lot during that year. But when I prayed, I did not give God all my worries and burdens. I held back. I knew in my mind that I had to leave everything on the cross, but my heart just couldn't let it go. Somewhere in my heart, there was a doubt that somehow God was not in control. Do you remember a story about a man who was hiking and he fell off a cliff? Luckily, he was able to grab hold of a small rock. He was hanging onto it for his dear life. As he was losing his strength, he began to call out to God, God, help me. God, help me. And finally, God answered. And God told him, if you trust me, let go of the rock. Man thought about it, then responded, is there another God? Well, I think we all have faced similar experiences where we resisted God because his plan was different than ours. And we didn't want to give in. We didn't want to let go of our control. If we could look back to verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? As we read verse 25, we may be thinking to ourselves, that's no big deal. I don't worry about what I'm going to eat or drink. I have a refrigerator full of food and drinks, so why should I worry about trivial things like that? I think if we understood the context of when this passage was written, it may make more sense. Nowadays, for most of us, we take food for granted, especially in this country. As long as we have money, we can go to a supermarket and we are able to buy anything we need. We can buy meat, rice, vegetables, snacks, water, sodas, and anything we need to live. And, we don't, and if we don't want to cook, we can always go to Wendy's, right? But in olden days, there were no supermarkets that we have today. Most of them had to rely on growing their own food. So they had to rely on good weather to produce good crops each season. If there were too much rain or too little, it would affect their livelihood. Do you remember in Genesis chapter 41, the story of Joseph? Joseph was sold to Egyptians by his brothers. And eventually, when famine came to the land for seven years, all of Jacob's clan had to move to Egypt where there was food. So for them... What they ate, drank, weren't trivial matters. It was very serious. So when God tells us not to worry, it is not because they are unimportant, but he wants us to have right perspective about life. Now what causes you to lose sleep at night and fearful of? I know when I graduated from high school, which was a long time ago, um, I worried about going to college and adjusting to a new environment. And when I was super senior in college, okay, okay. <laughs> I worried about graduating on time and getting a job. When I graduated from college, I didn't have a job. 
And finally, when I started working, I worried about finding a right person and getting married and having a family. Now after having two kids, I still have other worries, such as my career, my health, my retirement, my kids, and also, of course, my weight. (laughs) Each phase of my life, there were struggles that I went through. Uh, Can you relate to what I'm saying? So what about you? What do you worry about? Some of you may be worried about rising gas prices and how it may affect your finances, or AIDS epidemics in Africa, or maybe hunger around the world. Some of you may be worried about falling stock prices and dismal housing market, and still some of you may be worried about relationships with your parents, with your kids, with your friends, and even with your spouses. With divorce rate climbing over 50%, even, even among Christians, that is a great concern, isn't it? I can go on and on about things that we worry about, but is that what God wants us to do? Worry? No, He has better plans for our lives. He wants us to trust Him and know that He is in control. Now, let's look at verse 26. It says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Verse 26 talks about how valuable we are to God. I think we easily forget God's love for us. Even though John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world, He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. The worries of this world has crowded our hearts and our minds. Therefore, we lose focus. And at times, therefore, we lose focus and at times doubt that we are valuable and precious in God's sight. Every one of us is created by God for His good purpose and His special in his eyes. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the story of the prodigal son. Son asked for his share of inheritance and left home for foreign land where he squandered all his wealth and became poor. Because of shame and pride, even though he was hungry, he couldn't come back home. He was sure that his father would be upset and be angry with him. Because of broken fellowship with his father, he had forgotten the goodness of his father. And even though his father was a very wealthy man, this young man did not benefit from his father's wealth. In the same way, when we lose that connection with God, we begin to wonder if God still loves us. But ironic thing is, God is constant, never changing. He is always there for us. He did not leave us. We are the one who left him. It's like a middle-aged couple stopped in a traffic light and sees in front of them a young couple with one large head. You know, 
couple, they're together, so their head looks like big. Okay. That's okay. It takes time to you know, process, I know. Um, so, wife complains to her husband, how come we are not like that anymore? And husband, who's sitting on driver's side, replies, honey, I haven't moved. Uh, you know, he's, he's there, wife is the one who's complaining, but he's kind of far away. Okay. Wow, this is tough. Uh, When we begin to appreciate God's love for us and put our trust in Him, we will have freedom from worry because, he, because we know that God will take care of those He loves and values. Now please understand, don't worry does not mean don't do anything. Right? God, does, God told us not to be lazy and to work with our hands to make a living. We still have to plow the field sow the seed, and water the ground. But it is God who makes it grow. The point is, we have to trust God that he will provide what we need and not worry about things that we have no control over. Verse 27 goes like this. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you, why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. There is a good reason that God commands us not to worry. It is not good for us because worry brings fear, anxiety, and it distracts our minds from fully engaging with God. Worry does not help situations get better, but it robs the joy of fellowship we have with God. For example, do you worry about dying? As I look around this room, I realize most of you are younger than me, except for Pastor Frank and maybe Terry. Um, (laughs) So maybe that's not the topic that you think about, but when you get to our, our age, you think about things like that. Because we're older and more mature and we're closer to dying or going to heaven than you. So do I worry about dying? Yeah, sometimes I do. I don't worry so much about me dying, but I worry about my family who will be left behind. I worry about how sad they will be and about their earthly needs. But if you think about it, all these worries are meaningless. As important as this topic is, it will not help me to live one minute longer than what God has allotted me time on this earth. My life will end when God takes me home. I have no control over it. So rather than worrying, I should be thankful for this life and spend time enjoying it. The verse 25 begins with therefore. So let's read verse 24 and see what it says. It says on verse 24, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The verse 24 states that we can only serve one master. The same same principle applied when it comes to worry. It is crucial that we understand what this means because it ultimately comes down to 
who your master is. Who is controlling your life? Is it you or is it God? We can only be free when God is in control of our lives. I'm glad we were able to go to missions trip to Tuba City this year. As you saw the presentation, God did amazing things in lives of young and old, including teams from Harvest, Roots, and Virginia. But for me, it was, but for me, it has special meaning because God has taught me during the preparation. I've been looking forward to this trip since last year when my family wasn't able to go. And when I found out that the Tuba City trip would be the only one from Harvest this year, I had great expectations for Harvest participation. Since we had around maybe 25 members go last year, I was expecting at least 30. And being an engineer, I had everything calculated in my mind. We needed around maybe 45 to 50 people to adequately run VBS and youth ministry in Tuba City. So with 30 harvesters and maybe 20 roots, we'll be ready, right? Wrong. (laughs) I was ready with all the plans, but God wasn't. For some reason, there wasn't much interest in going to Tuba City this year. And even those who were committed to going, things happened in their lives where they had to withdraw. Like Tom mentioned before, we only had 12 volunteers. Maybe another 10 or 12 from Roots, and maybe we may barely have 24. Far cry from 50 that I was anticipating. I'm not sure about Pastor Matt, since he's such, such a cool guy. I don't think he worries, but I was worried. We are, what are we going to do? How are we going to run VBS with this number of people? And I went to God with complaining heart. God, what's going on? I had planned out everything for VBS, but where are the people? Then I heard God speaking to me. He said, where was I in your planning? Then it hit me that God wasn't in charge. I was. I had borrowed God's name and assumed that he'll bless it because it was going to be a mission trip. God humbled me that day, and I was put in my place. When I began to acknowledge that God is in control of everything, then God gave me peace. Then my prayer changed. Rather than praying for more volunteers, I prayed that we may be faithful to what's given. Even though we may only have 20 people, we had one God who is able. Then things got worse. My wife's request for vacation was denied due to shortage of workers. And so now my wife and possibly my kids won't be able to go. Now we were down to nine. But you know what? I wasn't worried. Maybe a little bit. I knew deep inside my heart, if God wanted my wife to go on the trip, he'll somehow make it happen. So we prayed that God's will be done with without my wife. And month before our trip to Tuba City and a week before we had to purchase plane tickets, my wife's vacation got approved. We don't know how, we don't know what happened, but it did. 
And even though the size of harvest members remained the same, God raised Ruth's team to 21, and he sent 11 volunteers from Virginia, and our team grew to 44. Praise God. Our God is jealous God, and he wants to be our one and only master. When we try to run our life without him, that's when we run into problems because we are not God. Oftentimes when we face difficulty in our lives, we forget God. Our fleshly instinct is to do it on our own, to be in control of our situations. But funny thing is, we worry because we are in control of our lives. Because we realize we are powerless to resolve the problems that come our way. Let's look at verse 29. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Another reason that we worry is because we have little faith in God. Proverbs Chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. I think we rely too much on our knowledge and our experiences. Remember Peter, Jesus' number one disciple, when he was walking on water? In Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 through 31, it says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you and the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down on the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? When Peter trusted Jesus, he was able to walk on water which is an impossible feat in human minds. But with Jesus' help, he was able to do it. But as soon as he began to revert back to worldly thinking, he began to sink. We cannot let the worries of the world dictate our life or precede the faith that we have in God. And last few verses, verse 31 through 34. So do not worry, saying, what shall we wear, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let me share a story that my wife told me. In Korea, there was a grandma who was carrying a bag of rice on her head, waiting for a taxi. After she got on, after she got on, taxi driver heard the sound coming from the back seat. So when he turned around to see what was going on, he saw grandma still carrying bag of rice on top of her head. So he asked her, Grandma, 
why do you still have that rice on top of your head? And grandma answered, because I only have tax fare for myself. Every time we worry, it is like carrying bags of rice on our head. We are walking around with these heavy bags when we don't have to. Jesus already paid the price. He is right next to us saying, let me carry it for you. But we ignore his plea and insist on carrying our own bags. And then we worry because it is too heavy. It's all about priority. God is not downplaying the importance of food, but there are greater things than satisfying our stomach. We put so much emphasis on material things that are temporary and neglect things that are eternal. But Jesus says in John 6, 63, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. God wants us to seek first His agenda rather than ours. Let me leave you with a verse that has helped me tremendously in times of trouble. It is from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends our understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. God does not promise results in your favor, but he promises to give you peace to handle all circumstances when you come to him. So don't worry and trust God. He is in control. Can we pray? Lord, I pray the message that was delivered will touch our hearts and be meaningful in our daily life. And Lord, I pray for Ruth's skit team as they present the skit everything, that you will help us to be engaged. And God, we pray that you will bless us. Come, Let's pray together. That was a really powerful skit that we just saw. And... Uh, I've been asked to lead us in just a prayer response, and the one prayer I'd like us to pray is this. I think Chris is very right when he said that everybody worries, and if you're paying attention in life, you can't help it. There's so much to worry about. You know, in the skit, all the things that pull at our hearts is where all the darkness comes from, too. And the Word of God says in Matthew 6.33, Put your eyes first on the kingdom of God. Because really where your eyes are, that's where your fears or your confidence comes from. And if you look at your life, you'll never run out of things to be afraid of and things to worry about. But if you look at him, you'll realize someone fights for you. you realize somebody's protecting you. So let the fear come. Worry can be defeated only by Christ. So let's simply pray that God would put our eyes first 
on Jesus Christ, who is our defender and our protector. Tomorrow will have enough trouble of its own. But Jesus is big enough for today's worries. Let's pray that right now together. Let's take a moment. Let's pray. Lord, it's so true that the more we pay attention and look at the world around us, it seems that there is no end to the things that cause us to worry. And just when we've passed one thing, a new worry comes around the corner. And Lord, we confess before you this morning, in all honesty, that many times we are just crippled by the worry. And we wish we could be free, but it just captures us. And we can't even enjoy the moment that you've given us today because we're so afraid of what will come tomorrow. Thank you for your word today that our eyes belong first on Jesus who loves us, fights for us, stands between us and all the things that want to win the day. Thank you that because of you, we can beat worry. We can handle it because you're greater than everything that wants to consume us. We pray a special prayer this morning for those who came to church today. Just in the grips of something that is causing such anxiety, giving them ulcers and keeping them up at night. Come and take away that worry and fear right now in the name of Jesus. And help them set their eyes on the one who makes us safe. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.